Welcome back to the 22nd episode of Petty's Pod. Um, back home from spring break. It was fun. But today we got Ian Finger coming on the podcast again. Um, there's only one thing to talk about. Final Four review and National Championship preview. We're also going to be giving our two best players from the tournament. Um, Ian will give one. I'll give one. We're going to debate that a little bit at the end of the podcast. So hope you guys uh, stay tuned in and uh, let's get right into it. All right, we're back. We got Ian on call again. Ian, what's going on? How are we doing, Tyler? Feels good to be back. Uh, yeah, we're doing pretty good. You know, bracket is officially over though for me. You know, I had Duke going all the way, unfortunately. But uh, it was a great game. We're gonna talk about it right now. Duke, North Carolina. North Carolina comes out on top in Coach K's final game um, of his career. Of course, he loses to his biggest rivals, North Carolina, and a rookie coach, Hubert Davis. Um, so quite the story in that one, and North Carolina advances to the national championship. So, Ian, what was your overall take on on this game? Well, you see, well, Duke should have won this game. I mean, come on. Uh, obviously, UNC is a great basketball team, but uh, there's a reason they were seated as the eight seed at the end of the tournament. They were very inconsistent. They've heated up as of lately. They're flaming hot right now going into the national championship. But I think that Duke should have won this game 100%. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, looking, at, I, I've been looking at mock drafts a lot over the last week because um, we haven't had much basketball to watch because the games were only one day. But I see these these starting these four players that stand out to me on Duke. Jeremy Roach is the only starter on Duke who's not projected in the first round of the NBA draft next year. And the first guy I want to talk about is AJ Griffin who I've really liked all year. He's projected top 10 pick um, in the draft next year. He had 29 minutes and went 1 for 7 and 0 for 4 from 3. Um, he had 6 points. So, Ian, there's there's really a couple guys that we could talk about on Duke who didn't play as well as they're expected to. But, you know, what are these top guys? Uh, do you think their draft stock goes down after this game um, based off their performance? Um, well, obviously, I don't think they're going to drop out of the first round, but I think they're going to drop, like, at least a little bit. I mean, if you can't show up in the Final Four, what are you going to do in the NBA Finals, right? Yeah. Um, I guess, really, what I'm looking at their, uh, their box score right now. Moore with 10, uh, Griffin with 6, Williams with 8, Roach with 8, and then, um... Off the bench, who really decided to show up, really the only person besides Von Caro was Trevor Keels, the freshman. Um, a great showing from him, but really, you need if Wendell Moore is going to play 38 minutes, we need more than 10 points out of him. He can't shoot four for 14. They're not going to win the game if they're one of their role players or not role players. One of their um, uh, one of their offensive weapons is uh, shooting four for 14. Yeah. I agree. Um, but also, um, another big impact on this game is what you said uh, the last podcast about the Villanova-Michigan game was the free throw shooting for Duke. Um, yeah. We saw them miss three out, three out of four uh, down the stretch in the last last couple minutes of the game. So how much do you think that impacted the game? Well, you see, I think when Mark Williams missed those two free throws at the very end, I think that in terms of, like, we can win this, like, that thought – um, I think that definitely like uh, kind of drifted away as uh, the game went down the stretch, and then Caleb Love hit, went up and just hit a 
an absolute dagger of a three. Um, right, right through all Duke fans' hearts. Um, but I think that missing those three free throws, um, I think, one, it would have sent the game to at least overtime because Duke was getting inside and scoring with ease all game. Um, but I, I think that hitting those free throws would have been vital for uh, in terms of morale and in terms of like uh, just not giving North Carolina that two- or three-point lead. Yeah, I agree. I mean, watching this game, uh, you know, not I'm not a Duke fan, but obviously I was rooting for them because I had them winning the whole thing. It was just, it was so back and forth the whole time. And, you know, watching this team kind of fall apart in the last two minutes was just sad to watch. You know, they're all trying to win it for the coach. Um, it's all about Coach K yesterday. And uh, they just kind of fell apart in the last two minutes. No one really got a lead this whole game until that Caleb Love three and Duke kind of, you know, let let go of the game a little bit. Um but I do want to talk about North Carolina a little bit. Um, Armando Baycott, uh, I've been watching him since high school. I thought he's a great high school player. Uh, he's been good for his three years um, in college so far. He is a junior. But, Ian, do you think Armando Baycott is is the key to North Carolina winning a national championship? Um, I do think so. If you look at the box score last night, <laughs> Baycott had 21 rebounds. Mm-hmm. And... Offensive and defensive, it doesn't really matter. Rebounds, like, you gain possession of the ball. And in college, where so few points are scored compared to the NBA, possession is key in terms of winning games in general. So if he continues to put up the massive amount of rebounds and giving North Carolina those much-needed possessions and putting the ball in the hands of Caleb Love and R.J. Davis, um, I think that UNC can win this national championship. Yeah, the thing I noticed about Baycott yesterday was when he gets an offensive rebound, he had eight of them yesterday, which is really good. Um, he knows where to pass the ball or to go up with it. When he comes down with that rebound, you know, the defense collapses on him, which I noticed yesterday. You know, Bankero and uh, Mark Williams would both collapse on Baycott, and then he'd just kick it out to R.J. Davis, Caleb Lug, Leaky Black uh, for an open three. Um, obviously, Brady Manick, uh is one of their best players, and he chipped in too yesterday with 14 points. But this North Carolina team, like you said, one of the hottest teams coming into the tournament. Um, I said yesterday during the game, I was like, they're not an eight seed. They're one of the top teams in the country, you know. I think they have a better record than most of the teams ahead of them in the tournament. They're 29-9. and nine. Duke was 32-7 and seven on the season. Um, obviously, North Carolina did beat Duke in the final game of the season as well. But I just I can't see them beating Kansas. I don't want to talk too much about the national championship right now because we'll talk about it later. But Ian, overall, do you think North Carolina has a really good chance or or not against Kansas? Uh, well, you see, obviously they have a chance. I mean, let's be real; they're they're hot. Yeah. Um. So any hot team can beat any any team, no matter how good. Um. But uh, I don't know because every single time I feel like since the Sweet Sixteen, I've bet against North Carolina. Yeah. Um, and it, they always seem to pull it off in some way, mm-hmm. just winning. The, the team just wins, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it's nothing like incredible. They just win, mm-hmm. and so that's that's why I do think they have a shot against Kansas. Kansas will go into this later, but obviously, I believe one of the best. I think they were a top two team coming into this. I think that um, uh, them and uh, Gonzaga were. My two favorites to win this title, um, but uh, I think that UNC can pull it off. Yeah, 
the, the thing about UNC too, they just have shot makers and takers. Like you see Leaky Black, who I don't really like that much um, as a player. He takes shots um, when he's open, and you see guys on lesser teams don't do like they don't do that. Uh, you know, obviously I don't want to be uh, too much of a Michigan fan right now, but I see Hunter Dickinson wide open, Caleb Houston wide open. They don't take shots that you know they can easily make from three and this North Carolina team, they do that. And that's why Caleb Love is so good, in my opinion, is because he just takes shots that he knows he can make. You know, he had three guys on him on that dagger three in the last couple of seconds of that game last night. And, you know, he made it because he has the confidence right now. And that that's every player on this North Carolina team. So we'll talk about the national championship a little bit later. But North Carolina looking really good right now. All right, next game. Um, obviously, this was the first game yesterday. Kansas-Villanova. Um, in the final four, Kansas comes out on top, 81-65. Uh, Villanova, you know, beat my Michigan team. They beat Houston in the round before that, uh, which I didn't. I thought they would lose uh, to Houston, in my opinion. But, Ian, what do you think of this Kansas-Villanova game as a whole? All right. Um, to start off, it was Kansas from the start, Kansas through the middle, Kansas all the way to the end. It was all Kansas. I had Villanova never really caught up to Kansas and their pacing and just uh, um, a baji shot six from seven from uh, from three and he had, he went four for four to start the game. Um, Kansas had a fifteen point lead like constantly throughout this game. There's never really a point where Villanova was like we can win this. It was all Kansas, just complete domination in this one. Um, I'm not sure why. Villanova's a great basketball team. I'm not sure why they just decided to, uh, I, I want to say, give up in this Final Four game. But it really looks like they did. Yeah, this this Villanova team, you know, I don't think they ever really had a chance against Kansas uh, just because of the injury to, uh, you know, their second leading scorer. Uh, I forget, I'm forgetting his name. Do you remember his name, Ian? Uh, let me check. Uh... Justin Moore. It was Justin yeah, Moore. Justin Moore. Yeah. You know, he's a great player. Uh he makes shots, threes, you know, everyone on this Villanova team does, but they're one of the oldest teams in college basketball. A couple of fifth year seniors, um, Colin Gillespie and uh Jermaine Samuels, I'm pretty sure, is also a fifth year senior, yeah. Um but, you know, they just kinda fell apart. They couldn't really play defense. They couldn't keep up with this Kansas team. It wasn't really the scoring. Uh, for me, for Villanova, they, they it was a really fast-paced game. You know, It was the most made combined made threes in a Final Four game in the history of March Madness. Um, yeah. But, you know, every time Kansas would make a three, Villanova would also make a three, but it's just Kansas got more stops than Villanova, and that's what it came down to. Um, you know, obviously going, going, uh, 10-0 up in the first minute of the game is helpful and will let you win the game, but there's not really much to talk about. Kansas just kind of overpowered, like Ian said, um, in this one, but let's move on to the national championship now. Um, great matchup in my opinion, uh, North Carolina versus Kansas tomorrow, 8.20 PM, uh, our time, um, Kansas, North Carolina. Ian, first of all, who do you have winning this game? Um, I got Kansas winning this game. Uh, for Kansas to go and roll over a team like they were some bottom-tier conference team uh, like they did Dylan Ova, um, 
Villanova is obviously a top 14 in the country, and for them to absolutely wipe them off the face of the earth in that game, that's super impressive to me, especially to do it to Jay Wright in March. Um, I think that UNC, although they just beat Duke, uh, Duke, they, all, all rivalry games are close. Uh, they know each other so well, so that game is more of a toss-up than anything. But I think that Kansas is just such a good team, and they can shoot through the three ball well. They can get inside. Abaji will score with the ease. Um, I think that they won't have a problem handling handling Baycott. I think that Kansas will win this game by eight, eight or nine. So I'm picking North Carolina in this one, but I do think that the matchup between David McCormick and Armando Baycott is a big problem for North Carolina just because David McCormick's been so dominant this tournament. Um, he's hot right now. And also, we haven't really mentioned it, but Baycott you know, went to the locker room with an ankle injury last night against Duke. Um, so we'll see how, how fit he is. But, you know, obviously we saw Coach K after the game went up to Baycott and said he's his player of the year. So... It's going to be a great matchup. I think that that's going to be the key to this game. Um, those two, obviously, Abaji will probably. Well, we haven't seen much of it this tournament. We saw it against Villanova, twenty-one points, but all year, you know, uh, or all tournament. I mean, he hasn't really showed up uh, like this Kansas team expected him to. Um, I also think Remy Martin's going to have a huge game because North Carolina um, play really six or seven guys only. And R.J. Davis is going to have to guard uh, Harris and then Remy Martin off the bench for Kansas. So it might be too much for this North Carolina team. But I think they just they come out on top just because of their shooting right now. Like we said earlier, they're one of the hottest teams in the country. Caleb Love, obviously, with 28 points uh, last game. He had 30-plus, I think, in two games earlier, I think, right, Ian? Yeah. And then, uh, obviously, you know, St. Peter's was no match for them in the Elite Eight. You know, he had, like, 16 in that. But that doesn't really matter. Um, but Caleb Love has shown against good teams, against Baylor, against Duke. He's going to show up, and he's going to put up points. R.J. Davis is going to have to have 15-plus. It's going to be a really good game. There's good matchups all around the court. Um, obviously, Jalen Wilson against uh, Leaky Black is going to be a great defensive matchup. Uh, I think... Leaky Black will help hold Jalen Wilson, who's one of Kansas's best players, to you know under ten points, which is going to be huge. I th I see this one being low scoring, and uh, North Carolina coming out on top. But uh, Ian, what's your case? I know you have Kansas winning, but what's your case for maybe North Carolina coming out on top? Um. Well, Manic has to have his way. Love needs to shoot the three ball well. I think that all of the role players on on North Carolina just needs to do their jobs in terms of getting stops. I need to, they need to be very sound defensively. They really got to lock down McCormick and Abaji. I think the reason why Abaji has been struggling is because teams focus on him just because he is so good that it gives uh, players like Braun and McCormick um, room to work. And those two players, if they go one-on-one -on -one with somebody, Braun being the great shooter that he is, if he gets an open look, he's going to make it. And McCormick's so dominant on the inside, inside the, inside the, um, or in the post, um, I don't really – you see, I, I have a hard time seeing North Carolina winning. Obviously, it can happen. Um, it's just they, they need to shoot the three ball incredibly well. They need to get the stops, and they need, they need to produce a lot of turnovers. Um, that I, that's the only way I see them winning this game. If they, uh, they need to pull out to an early lead, because I think Kansas will come storming back in the second half. 
um, if they are down. Uh, I mean, I, I have a hard time seeing UNC winning, but I, it's obviously possible. I mean, they're, they're in the national championship for a reason. They just be one of the best teams in the country in Duke. Um, but I can totally see this happening. Yeah, there's a case for both teams. It's going to be a really good game. It's going to be fast. Um, it's going to be high. It's not going to be high scoring, in my opinion. But it, there's going to be there's going to be some big shots uh, down the stretch. I think, but sure. it's going to come down. I really think. I, I thought this last night. As soon as the Duke North Carolina game ended, it's going to come down to McCormick and uh, Armando Baycott, two of the best big men in the country. Um, so we're going to see what happens tomorrow night, Monday. Uh, North Carolina, Kansas. Ian's got Kansas. I've got North Carolina uh, winning that one. So, yeah. One more thing. One more thing before we end this part of the segment. Yeah. Um, uh, the low screen game aspect. I actually think this is going to be a complete shootout. I, I think that mm-hmm. uh, both teams are just going to go absolutely crazy from three. It's going to be back and forth most of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Kansas will pull away, but I think that this will be. I mean, North Carolina averages 75, Kansas 78 points a game. Their defense isn't entirely, like, I would say it's good. Uh, I'm looking at the over-under. It's at 152, which is incredibly high for a, for a, a college game. Uh, so I, I'm going to have to disagree with you and say this will be a, this will be a shootout, like an 80-70 type of game. I just think that the... Both teams are very are very like old and very experienced. Um, like I'm just let me just look at the rosters real quick. I don't really think there's a standout. Is a Baj- I don't think a Baji's a freshman. Um, let's look at North Carolina. They have no key players that are freshmen. It's very old and very experienced. So I think the defense is gonna come is gonna you know win win one of these teams uh, the game. I think it's a you know, kind of a 65-58 type of a game, which is, you know, not that low scoring, but it's not as high as people projected. Obviously, you just said the over-under and the, the total points and the projected in the game. But yeah. I can obviously see, you know, both these teams are great, have great shooters. Um, but it's a national championship. I just think there's going to be a lot of nerves. And, uh, you know, there's got, there'll be guys like Braun who, you know, might fall apart and might have like seven, eight points. So... That's just my take. Ian thinks it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be low scoring. I'm picking North Carolina. He's picking Kansas. So that's our take on the uh, national championship tomorrow. All right, just to kind of wrap up uh, this podcast and wrap up March Madness a little bit, we're each going to say our top player of the tournament um, so far. That could change based off of how guys like Armando Baycott and Ochai Abaji play in the national championship. But, Ian, who do you have as your best player from this March Madness? You know, I think... Uh, top five player in college right now, but I think he really did show up and kind of uh, meet expectations and in some cases exceed them. I think Benedict Matherin is my uh, my top player in this tournament. Um, first round, uh, kind of just a, a blow by of uh, Wright State, eighty-seven to seventy. He dropped eighteen, very sound. It was expected. Um, what really, what really. Uh, pushes him away for me is um that 30 that 30 point performance over tcu tcu obviously a great team very underrated in my opinion um very good defensively and for that man to go and drop 30 points and hit uh, the shots that he did in that game
his performance versus Houston. He dropped 15, not as much as one would think, but uh, that that's uh, about 30 percent of his uh, of his team's points, which is a, a lot for a single player to do. Um, I think that he really led this Arizona team all the year. He's been this standout player and this kind of star for Arizona. And I think he lived up to that uh, this tournament. I think um, Benedict, obviously. You know, I haven't watched much Arizona basketball this year other than the tournament. Um, that TCU game obviously puts – if they went a little bit further, in my opinion, I think that would have uh, exceeded him over the line to get best player in the tournament. But I just think losing to Houston, going 4 for 14, 2 for 7 from 3 in that one, um, I expected a little bit more, a 12-point loss to Houston, who they're expected to be. Obviously, Houston was hot at that time. But – Arizona just getting to the Sweet 16 and playing uh, two lesser teams. Um, Arizona obviously one of the favorites to win this tournament, probably third behind Gonzaga and Kansas. Um, I just you know I just don't think that uh, the best player can be from a team that went to the Sweet 16 and obviously you know was expected to go further. Um, but my player is. I've, I've talked about him probably way too much on this podcast. Um, Paulo Banquero. I still think he's the best player in college. I still think he should be number one in the draft. Um, I think he's going to be the best NBA player um, from this class. Uh, we saw him score 20 last night in the loss to North Carolina in the Final Four. Um, you know, this, this, this tournament, he's gone for over 17 points in every game and at least five rebounds. Um, you know, he's had 18-5-5 five and five in one of the games. Beat beat a three seed, beat a two seed, beat a beat, beat a Michigan State team who a lot of people could up thought could upset Duke. But I think Paolo's the reason this Duke team has gone far when other players don't show up. He he quietly goes for twenty and like eight every game. Um I just think he's dominant. There's no one that can guard him. His team made it to the final four. Um he performed in every game. So I think for those reasons he's the he's the clear favorite for player of the tournament. But Ian Bring it back to the national championship. Um, who are the players that you think could win player of the tournament uh, in this game from UNC and uh, Kansas? Well, I think that um, obviously Baycott and Abaji um, for Kansas. Uh, McCormick hasn't been this kind of star player all year. I think Abaji has really been the focus of everybody this entire year. Um, Baycott obviously being the absolute monster he is in the post. He deserves to get mentioned. Caleb Love as well. He's he's really been like the tournament guy. Yeah, if we're talking just tournament, you know, he could probably win. You know what? I, I want to change my answer. I want to say Caleb Love. Okay. I'm changing from Benedict Mathurin, and I'm going to Caleb Love. Okay. That's I mean, yeah, the actual clinic he's put on uh, this tournament um, <laughs> against some of the best teams in the country, um, I think that would be an acceptable answer. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Caleb Love here. Okay, that's acceptable. Um, yeah, looking at it, you know, he's a tur- he's a tournament guy. Um, he's the tournament guy for UNC. Who's made it to the national championship, kind of riding his fifteen plus twenty plus uh, point games. And obviously, UNC, you know, we haven't really mentioned it, even when we talked about them. Looking at the teams they've played, of the f- of the four Final Four teams, Villanova, Duke, um, Kansas, they all kind of escaped. That one tough game, Duke escaped Gonzaga. They got upset by Arkansas. 
Villanova escaped Arizona. They got upset by Houston. Kansas escaped Auburn, um, who got upset by Miami. And then you look at this UNC team who have played Baylor, UCLA, Duke. Those are three top 15 teams in the country. So, you know, obviously this UNC team, you know, people really need to take them seriously in this game um, just because of the teams they've beat, in my opinion. We haven't really mentioned it, but I think that's a big factor. But if we're talking tournament, yeah, I, I, I'll agree with you. Caleb Love has been, you know, the guy uh, in this tournament. But I'm sticking with Paulo. Um, so that's going to wrap it up for this tournament. We're getting excited for the national championship tomorrow. It's been great uh, covering March Madness all month. Um, it's been fun. Ian, thanks for coming again. Hey, of course. Yeah, it's been it's been fun. You know, it's coming to an end tomorrow. We might do a review on Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll see. Um, but that's going to wrap up this podcast. So thanks for listening. Ian, thanks for coming.